Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on educating, empowering, and investing in women to support them with harnessing an entrepreneurial mindset to create the change in the world for the greater good. Through this series, we connect with women from all across New Zealand to inspire, teach, and share their pearls of wisdom through storytelling and sharing. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, the founder of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Sorry, this has been so chaotic. It's been That's a all right. funny few weeks. It's, um, I think, a combination of busy schedules trying to realign. Yes, definitely. And yeah, sorry, I've had lots of short notice emergencies keep coming up. So. <laughs> I hope nothing to do with COVID emergencies. Uh, no, luckily, now is my best time. Now I'm just sitting at home. I'm like, who wants a meeting? I have plenty of time. <laughs> Uh, now listen, when we last spoke, you were about to change your business name. Um, oh, we still haven't announced it. I don't think we're announcing oh. it for another two weeks. Sorry. So are we Nano Girls? Or we're Nano still Girl Nano Labs? Girl Labs. We're still there Nano for the next two weeks. Okay. Um, now, I don't know if you've had a chance to have a look at the questions, if you recall them from last time. Yes. Um, it's really about who you are, your call to adventure to starting Nano Girl Labs, mm-hmm. um, some of the trials and tribulations, the learnings and experiences. Uh, purpose, what that all means to you, some of your kind of daily rituals and routines that make you the best version of you, Um, global change to create new opportunities. We spoke a lot about those last year, Uh, where will your focus be in the next 12 months and the call for action from our community. Mm. Just a conversation really, Michelle. And I was so (laughs) shattered that our last conversation was recorded so badly on my shabby rural New Zealand internet. That's okay. And I'm guaranteed that it's going to work because I'm back in Sydney at the moment with high-speed internet. Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) Shall we get started? Let's do it. All right. Oh, do not disturb. Have you got that baby on? Oh, hold on. Come on, where is it? Oh, stupid. Ever since I've got a new phone, all the things have moved. I don't Apple? Just do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, do not disturb his on. <laughs> Wonderful. Welcome to Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. We are joined by Dr. Michelle Dickinson, the founder of Nano Girl Labs. How are you? I am great. How are you? Well, thank you. So tell us the million dollar question. Who is Dr. Michelle Dickinson? (laughs) I'm just a regular person who is currently on a mission to try and help everybody everywhere develop a great relationship with science and technology. A regular person, that's quite a broad, a broad framing for someone so interesting as you. Can we dig a little deeper into that regular person, uh, who she is at the heart <laughs> of who she is, that human part? Sure. Uh, look, I, I grew up as a military kid, so moved a lot as a child, which is why I have this funny accent. Um, to parents who were uneducated and dropped out of high school. So I grew up um, with a low-income family and um, left school without um, any qualifications to get into tertiary education. And then through a whole bunch of luck and um, great mentors who really looked after me, was able to eventually get a PhD in engineering, specialising in nanotechnology, really tiny science, and worked in the high-tech sector around the world for 
probably 20 years <laughs> and yeah and now I live in New Zealand um, and became disheartened around a lack of diversity in the engineering space especially in the high-tech sector that I had been working in my whole career and so decided to set up something to try and help shift that. You mentioned before about great mentors mm. how important have mentors been on your journey to now? Do you know, I use the word mentor now because it's a word that I actively go out and seek a person to help me. At the time, I didn't know that people were mentoring me or giving me opportunities. I just, you know, if some, I've always been the type of person, if somebody says, do you want to do this? I've always said yes, even if it scared me, even if I didn't think I could do it. And I've had people in my life who I didn't realize at the time were giving me huge opportunities that I wasn't qualified for. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Um, so the word mentor is a funny one. I've only recently started using it, but definitely people who are in your life who can help open a door or give you advice on something. And they're so important. And so tell us about your original call to adventure to start NanoGirl Labs. Yeah, so, um, you know, as a female engineer and, and often the person leading my engineering projects wherever I am, especially in the States and Silicon Valley, I really saw it the most. Um, it was a really lonely place. And the challenge was being um, a minority in, in a group of people who are literally inventing solutions for the world is what you see is that the solutions are not being created equally for everybody. If you don't have diversity on the team, you don't necessarily have the thought processes around who is this for and is this going to fit their need. And um, I think that's really dangerous. We've seen it with artificial intelligence, you know, it's being programmed and a lot of it is using the biases that the people who are programming it to have so we know that artificial intelligence has been and can be racist and sexist and we saw it in airbags in that the first airbags um sadly um killed women and children because it wasn't designed for anybody other than a 70 kilo um, crash test dummy <laughs> so there's lots of examples where lack of diversity has really been um sometimes fatal and i really wanted to sort of look deeply into where that comes from and it became very clear um, through research that children make up their mind about science by the age of 12. And so this really needs to be something that starts at home with young families um, to really start to nurture them around embracing science and technology, especially if parents aren't confident in it either. So yeah, Nanogirl Labs is about helping families and um, parents, grandparents and young people develop relationships with STEM, hopefully in a way that they haven't maybe seen before and makes them more inspired to do more of it. And so what have been some of the trials and tribulations that you have experienced on the road to achieving your goals and the impact that you're having now? Do you know, I have only recently developed more confidence in myself. I think as a as the only female in an engineering team, I was always doubting myself. Was I supposed to be here? I felt like I had to work three times harder than my male counterparts just to prove that I was good enough. Um, and, you know, that I found that really hard in my career. And also I found my looks to be hard. I know that sounds silly, but people just looked at me and dismissed me as the person who was going to make tea or the person who was going to take minutes in the meeting as opposed to the lead engineer on the project. And that's because the stereotypes that we have around engineering and engineers. And, you know, it's, it's hard enough to be, do your job, to have to feel like you're always proving yourself, I think is really more difficult. And so, you know, we set up this social enterprise and, and the challenge with setting up a social enterprise is you have to be profitable, but you also have to be profitable with purpose. And so making sure that our profits are going back into really big projects that we think can make an impact um, means that we're thinking about the business, not just in a 
did we, you know, did we pass the bottom line this month, but also have we reinvested into really important projects? So I think social enterprises add a different dynamic to running a business. And, and yeah, and COVID has uh, made things challenging for all of us. 80% um, of our previous revenue was from international touring. Obviously, we lost all of that. And so this past 12 months has been a um, an interesting journey into how to quickly <laughs> try and save your business by doing what the market needs at the time, which for us was digital learning. And so you mentioned confidence before and only recently in the last couple of years, really finding your confidence. Are there any tools that you particularly used to support you in building your confidence? Oh, I just had to keep giving myself a pep talk, I think. So, you know, and, and start, I started to listen to people. I've always been the type who, when somebody gave me a compliment, I would dismiss it as, oh, they're just being nice to me or they don't really mean it. Um, and letting that stuff just sort of bounce off versus taking it and appreciating it and thinking, wow, that person, I value them and therefore I value their opinion. I, I should appreciate this comment. And it was, um, it was, I won the Sir Peter Blake Leadership Award and a journalist interviewed me for it. And I was already really embarrassed about winning this award. And, and she said, her question was, Michelle, when did you first realize that you were a leader? And I looked at her and I said, oh, I'm not really, you know, I just do this stuff. <laughs> She's like, okay, you need to go away and find a better answer because this is a leadership award. So you are obviously <laughs> leading. You need to figure out what your answer is. And I thought, oh, yeah. So I sat down with myself, you know, and, and wrote a bit of a, a leadership sort of motto for myself as to what it means and, and how to stand by it. So my tips are, you know, when people say nice things to you and compliment you, don't just brush it off, but, you know, take it in. We can be our own worst enemies sometimes. And tell me what you've learned since that interview about leadership and particularly about your own leadership. Yeah, so I'm a, I, I, have, I submit to a style called service leadership where um, I really want to empower everybody that, that works with us and, and wants to come on our journey with us to think about how they can um, give themselves to others and make sure that the, the planet and the people on it um, are left in a better state than when we started, hopefully, but also empower you know, people to realize their full potential and, and what they have by either giving them new skill sets or, or letting them try things without a fear of failure or a fear of blame if it doesn't work. Um, yeah, and I, you know, there are lots of leaders out there and I've learned the type that I like to work for. And those are people who empower others and those who are dedicated to service of others. Interestingly, we were doing an exercise yesterday on a project that I've been working on and it was about, you know, what actually, what enhances our strengths and where do we then see our weaknesses come mm. through? And it's kind of like the difference between empowerment and power mm. uh, and trust and all of those things really, you know, if we want to be great leaders, we need to empower people, we need to trust people, we need to take them on the journey as opposed to a lot of that kind of old school leadership where it's kind of top down uh, and, you know, leading by command or leading by power. Uh, and I think we know in the 21st century that kind of leadership no longer serves anybody. Uh, so it's about kind of reframing what leadership looks like for now and for the future and, you know, especially for our children. And I know you work a lot with uh, children and finding that spiritual partnership for me has been really important with my children for the last couple of years uh, to try and find that equilibrium in how we communicate and then that leads me to how we lead in our own household in our work environments in our entire 
lives. Yeah, and you know, I'd like to say that we're moving the needle, but I I work closely with a lot of startup companies, especially in the tech space. And I'm going to say, you know, when you look at VC funding, it's typically male dominated by, you know, some some wealthy, um, typically white men who have got through the system the old way. I'm still seeing a lot of the old leadership styles be brought through to the next generation of all. This is how we made our money. This is what you need to do. Um, and so as much as I see it changing, especially around women who are leading organizations, sadly, I'm, I'm still seeing it sort of the old schools, almost dictatorship being pushed through some of the young male startups that I'm seeing. And, and so I, I hope this conversation goes further. And I think it's about binding that kind of with a bit of emotional intelligence, which is a lot of what uh, the female lens brings to those organisations and that emotional intelligence and that meaningfulness to an organisation to find that great leadership. And I've been reading this wonderful book called One Life uh, and it talks about, you know, leadership for the 21st century um, combines um, meaningfulness and really defining by purpose creating a deep sense of belonging in an organisation um, and, you know, great leadership uh, in combining personal growth. And if we bring all of those four things together, we really can create meaningful leadership in every organisation and in everyone's mm. worlds. So thinking about two of my favourite words, bravery and courage, and being leading traits of entrepreneurs, how have those played a part in your experiences? I, I have this picture on my office wall, which says um, basically um, the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. And so I am often well outside of my comfort zone. Um, being brave or being stupid, I, there's a fine line between them. Um, but just trying new things and um, trying things that we've never done before, thinking about things in totally different ways. And yeah, putting my money where my mouth is. One of the one of the big projects we did, it's called, so I wrote a book, it's called The Kitchen Science Cookbook and we pitched it to publishers. So I wanted a book that was beautiful hardback recipe booked for parents, especially those who are in the kitchen, maybe grandmothers and mothers to follow it like a recipe book that they're familiar with. But actually every recipe is a science experiment using stuff in your kitchen that you can do with your children. And I wanted it to embrace, you know, the old fear of science being a science textbook and put it into a beautiful hardback recipe book and no publisher would touch it right they were like there's no way this is never going to work so um so we ran a kickstarter i really believed in it i was like this is the way this is going to work uh, ran a kickstarter was the most successful book kickstarter in new zealand um and the book went crazy and all of these parents said thank you this is what i've been looking for you know it invites me in as opposed to excludes me and that bravery and that courage and that willing to put our own money on the line and fly to, you know, I've never made a book before. I don't know how it works. All of these new lessons uh, ended up um, not only with it being a best-selling book, but with Penguin around the world buying all of the rights. And now it's got two seasons of a TV show. And I remember sitting three years ago going, everybody hates this. <laughs> I feel like it's great, but everybody is telling me it's, it's never going to work. Um, but just when you believe in something and you really see its niche to go, I, we're just going to do it. We're going to throw our money behind it and we're going to believe in the power that we know what we're doing. And, and that one paid off. And so, yeah, feeling lucky to be on the other side of that. But it was hard during it. And so thinking about purpose and obviously um, being entrepreneurial women with purpose, it's an important word and something that is really close to our heart. 
What does purpose mean to you? Yeah, so, you know, why do I get up every morning? My whole goal in life is to to help the, the planet and the people on it to, to be better than, than it was yesterday in, in any way that, that I can. And so um, running a business with purpose, we, we have a impact metrics that we measure within our organization to say, have we made positive change in these fields? And if so, have we been able to measure them? And so our purpose is to help increase a relationship and confidence with science and technology for all all the people that interact with us we hope that you leave us with a better um, understanding and, and more confidence in in these fields that you may have been frightened of so that's our purpose and, and we're really clear that we measure those um, quite diligently because I think it's easy to think you're doing well um, and if you don't measure it you don't always see the unintended consequences of, of what you're doing um, and so yeah we're, we're impact driven and, and our purpose is very clear just develop a relationship with STEM. And so what are some of the daily rituals and routines that help to make you the best version yeah, of yourself? Yeah, look, people look at my schedule and go, it's nuts. And, it, you know, I do try and pack a lot into my days. Um, so it's really important that I make time for me and that is a priority. So that's blocked out in my calendar. So I usually get up quite early and I do a six or seven kilometer walk with my dog, Um that just clears my mind. I haven't checked my emails. I haven't looked at anything yet. I've just got up, gone out the house and had my morning walk and exercise and just cleared my brain. And so I'm mindful and ready for the rest of the day. And then I'll come in and, and sort of an hour later do, do all of my emails. So that's really important to me to carve out me time. That's just me. So I'm ready for the day and my mind is clear and ready. Getting enough sleep is important. Um, getting enough exercise is important. I'm a, I'm a kite surfer. And so if it's windy, my staff know that I am going to be in the ocean and I'll come back when it's not windy. Um, and so we always make sure that we make time for our passions and our sports. And, and then I, I try and eat well. I mean, I'm no saint. You know, weekends are, you know, fun with friends. I don't drink, but I, I'll have some, you know, fish and chips or something fried. But typically in the week, I try and um, keep my nutrition pretty pretty on par to help my body just be fueled by what it needs to be to keep going with a busy diary um, yeah and quality time with friends making sure that you know in a busy life it's easy to forget to make time to just turn your phones off and be with your friends but that's also a big priority for me and so how have you used this time of global change to create new opportunities oh so yeah so um, COVID came and we lost pretty much all of our income for our business in 2020 because we had a huge global tour um, set. We were about to tour Australia for four weeks and the Middle East for six weeks and then the UK for two months. We'd just been recognised internationally that our uh, international touring show was, was world class. Um, so that was a, a multi-million dollar project that fell through. And so we, we had to really think about how long this lack of travel was going to go for and we made an assumption for at least a year which um it looks like it's going to be longer than that and so we said well what what do we do well and what do people need and what we do well is we help um educate people around science and technology and what do people need while well, kids were being homeschooled and science teachers were saying we have no idea how to homeschool science without a lab and so we quickly saw that there was a pocket that we could really sit in, which is providing lockdown friendly science experiments that um, families could do at home and teachers could send to their um, students so that we weren't losing our science education just because we weren't in a science lab. So, yeah, we built a digital platform in four days 
I spent lockdown living in the office with my husband and making some TV shows and content. And it was pretty wild, but, you know, it worked really well. We got into 135 countries around the world and actually more countries than we would ever have done on our global tour. Um, and we're able to sustain enough revenue to keep our business alive during what was a really challenging time. So moving fast, but figuring out what your value set was and what you offer to the world was really important to us to do quickly. I would agree that 135 countries <laughs> is a pretty wild adventure for you. Well done. And so thinking about your next 12 months, where will your focus on impact yeah, be? Yeah, look, the COVID has really highlighted for us inequality um, around income and, and new parents coming into this low income bracket because of job losses in very, what were previously very secure jobs and very secure industries. And so we've been working really hard to make sure that um, those young people who don't have access to digital devices, for example, are not being forgotten. So we have a whole low tech program that we've been delivering through charity partners to make sure that even if you don't have a device or good Internet connection at home, you can still access all of our programs. And that's really important to us. I think we're going to see a real um, a digital divide and an inequality divide just get a little bit wider because of COVID as many new families, you know, have to reassess what their income is going to be. So our big impact right now is, is doing that. And also we're, we're sort of cashing in on the fact that science is really cool right now. Um, COVID is bad, obviously, but now we all know what viruses are. We're talking about, you know, efficacy of um, vaccines and all of these new words that we weren't throwing around before. So we're trying to embrace that new love of science and all of these scientists being in our media to try and, you know, help this to develop into a better relationship with science long-term. And so what's that one thing that you are super passionate about that you would like our community of entrepreneurial women with purpose to take action? So the thing on? we have found the most powerful through all of our impact metrics is the power of a positive role model. And that is um, especially letting our young girls see that there are amazing kick-ass women out there doing incredible things um, because we're not, we're not represented in the media. We're not often on television or talking about our businesses. You know, usually if you say to a, a young student, oh, what does a business person look like? They'll draw a man in a suit because that's what the media portrays. And so I say, you know, just donate one hour of your time, go into a school, just be a positive role model and talk about what you do and why you do it and inspire the next generation to think of female leadership, to redefine what they think of as a business person and also what businesses can be and that businesses aren't always just about profit but also can be about purpose. We've been reading a book in our home called For Girls mm -hmm. Who Dare to Be Different, 100 Migrant mm -hmm. Women from Around the World uh, and there's so many amazing stories that they learn from. Uh, and, you know, it's not just about highlighting the typical people that we would um, put in that frame, but really kind of outside uh, outside of the norm of people mm -hmm. that I have never even heard of. So it's wonderful to see these women alight being shone on these. It's so good. It's, and books like that are incredible to inspire our, our daughters to realise that they can be whatever they want to be. And then we just get to help nurture them and give them opportunities. Um, in our business, we, we always bring in, you know, young women to come and spend time in our business. Even when they're 13 and 14 years old, we give them a simple, you know, paid job of just do a stock take or something so that they can be around incredible women leaders and sort of see what different businesses can be like to work in.
So thank you so much, Dr. Michelle Dickinson from NanoGirl Labs for sharing your world and your wisdom with entrepreneurial thank you for women me. with purpose. Toitu EnviroCare is an important and valued partner for entrepreneurial women with purpose in our collective approach to New Zealand being carbon zero by 2030. Through measuring, managing and reducing our carbon impact, we can all be contributors to the goal. Check out their new SMB and farming tools at toitu.co.nz.